The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello. How are we doing? Maxi, some, some more camera issues, mate. I thought I was going to be on the top oh. for a moment. I, I was sweating like a nun in hell then. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, some very last minute camera issues and system issues. I nearly just down tools and left you to it for today. Mm. But I thought better of it. Yeah, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. If you're not here, I'm going to click. It's the bland leading the bland. I managed the other day to change my um, little name thing there from my Twitter handle to the network's Twitter handle, and I was really proud of myself. And that's only took, what, 67 episodes? Yeah, pretty much, mate. Pretty much. Well done. Well done. I said I was very, very proud of myself, you know? But again, you know, technology ain't my thing, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's certainly not considering you've lost your vape pen in a, a, a meter square basically not even that mate it's this wide literally it's where my hands are to there so what's that it's probably just a foot square literally I could, if my laptop led down it would be too big for it yeah, and, I, <laughs> and i put my vape pen down and then i was running up and down the stairs looking for it because i couldn't find it and it was just behind my drink here mate and you nearly had to use your crap vape i'll tell you what i did just have a puff on it it's not as bad as i thought so maybe that's a different way to go but we'll see we'll see anyway my friend anyway Good evening and good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media production. I am Sai, and with me as always is the Hell in a Cell, 
to my mini my mini baby bell. <laughs> that popped me, I don't know why. The Mankind to my bacon rind. A podcaster who must be allergic to me or something because he's bloody ill again. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. Got the sniffles, bud. Yeah, laughing at your own jokes, that's that's sad. That's really, really sad. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is about 2022. I just keep having a, a cold every, every time I get over a cold, another one rears its ugly head. So, yeah, I've got mm. a bit of a... Always on a um, Monday. Yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? It's almost like it's planned. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't it next week we are on Sunday live? Is that right? Is it the other week after? It's it's the day before Halloween. So it's the week after weeks. next time. In two, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll find out then, because if you're real Sunday, then we know it's just me. And <laughs> <laughs> I, But I'll be able to disguise it better because I will be in costume. Since it's Indeed. a Halloween special. So two weeks to go, people. Get your Halloween costume sorted. Get your pictures sent in to become the second only Halloween champion of the CWF. Exactly. Exactly. Get your fancy dress costumes in. You can win your pick of a top t-shirt, whatever, from the SJP World Media merch store. Any show, any t-shirt you want, whatever. Kindly being donated to us by our t-shirt supplier, Tee Public. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, there's going to be a few other bits and bobs as well. A brilliant cup that my wife has made. All sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be well worth getting yourself done up a picture taken and sent in to us, but we'll let you know next week how exactly to send it in, whether you DM it to exactly. Magsy or email or whatever, we'll figure it out. But yeah, good luck DM it to me. That'll oh yeah. That's a good point. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, Magsy, who we got in the chat, my friend? Uh, we've got a, a packed house already. Um, Sharon. Hello, mom. How are you? It's Monday night. You know what that means. And Connor, uh, from Connor Soccer, hello, sir. Saying good evening, Charlie and Liam. So we've got a, a full Powell household in 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 the show today. Uh, Josh was also here. Hello, Josh, uh, the canning stabber himself, and the current <laughs> reigning, defending, undisputed Halloween champion, Scottish Danny, in uh, the building. How are you? Pick, can't use the same pick as last year, mate. <laughs> Can you just imagine if you just won it <laughs> five years straight, just using exactly the same picture? Um, so, yeah, confirmation there. Uh, it's a family affair today, daughter and son. I mean, you didn't really have to confirm it, Sharon. We know who they are. Uh, but, yeah, we've got a, a packed house in today. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Great stuff. I've just got a Facebook reminder at five minutes past nine telling me to remember to be ready to start a live video. So that's that punchy. sounds like that's... you. Yeah, that sounds like something you did. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's, that's very punctual from Facebook there, isn't it? Well worth it. Brilliant stuff. Indeed, mate. You had a good week there, Magsy? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, it was one of the granddaughter's uh, birthdays, so um, we had a, a bit of fun then. Um, but yeah, it's been quite relaxing. A pretty early UFC uh, this weekend, so I actually got some sleep on some uh, Saturday evening. So, yeah, it's not been too bad. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. There's a big boxing event on as well, wasn't there? Ladies headlining the boxing event. Do you know, I, I, I watched it as well. I watched it. Um, it was uh, Clarissa Shields taking on um, Savannah Marshall. She was, Clarissa Shields is she's the self-proclaimed Gwart, the greatest woman of all time, uh, unbeaten in her professional career. 
uh, but she's lost one far in uh, in her amateur uh, ranks, and that was to Savannah Marshall. Um, but yeah, what a great pay per view! What outstanding for just women's boxing all the way through and British boxing uh, packed out the O2, which is something that you would never. Have, have, have even thought about three, four years ago. Um, yeah, it's just a brilliant day for boxing. Really good uh, card. If you get a chance to watch it back, definitely I would highly recommend it. Mm. Okay, yeah, Sharon said Sharon watched it herself and she said it was a, a brilliant scrap, the main event. Really, really good. Yeah. And the so, core main event was as well. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go back and check that out then, mate. You definitely will not. So that's an <laughs> absolute lie. You sit on a throne of lies. Uh, we have cam griffin in the chat there saying he is there with his youngest after she had a danger nap so she's stopping up late and joining us for chain wrestling i will warn you now cam you know how this works it's gone nine o'clock probably gonna swear there'll be references to nonsense oh god's sake I just want to subtly explain then. Yeah, okay, yeah. Young one watching, there's going to be some grown-up talk and all that. You straight away, nonce. You know? <laughs> I could have done a, a Jimmy Savile impression, like, now then, now then. Which is what you've literally just done. Yeah, I could have done that, but I, I won't. I won't okay. do a now then, now then Jimmy Savile impression. That's two. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magsy, uh, I suppose we should get on with our show, because it is a packed show today. We've got an awesome non-wrestling topic with loads of responses to go through a a great wrestling match to discuss as well quite a bit to dive into there and you've been telling me how amazing your hall of lame segment is going to be this week and mine's... i mean yeah why, why not just over egg that pudding oh sorry mate sorry and mine's not too bad either i don't think but there we go shall we shall we get on with the hall of lame then mate shall we chuck some crap away let's do it the Sorry, excuse me. Perfect timing. I've just um, I've had this in the fridge for a little while, and I wanted something really cold because it's warm up here. It's Hortus gin and rhubarb ginger in a can, and I thought well, that sounds quite refreshing. Well, you... I, I warm and I warm it against a beer. I just had my first yeah. mouthful of it, and it, it weren't quite grim. It weren't quite what I expected, mate. <laughs> well, they, that's what you get for drinking a gin and b rhubarb. So it's your own fault. But I do like a bit of rhubarb, so. Well, hmm. to Easter on. Exactly, mate. Which is what we will discuss much later on in our non-wrestling topic. But for now, the Hall of Lame. Magsy, what you got for us, my friend? Yeah, so I, I did message you during the week to tell you that this was a banger, um, that this was big. Uh, and I actually settled myself down to do the most amount of research that I've ever done for a Hall of Lame. And you know me, I do plenty of research usually make yours look proper inept most weeks luckily um i was actually saved by um wrestle talk now i don't really like uh to throw much praise to the dirt sheets because i think what they do is is not always the best for the wrestling business but they they did a lot of the groundwork for the the whole of land that i wanted to to put forward um, so props to WrestleTalk for this, but I want to talk about Paul Watt. Well, well, it's the big show. Okay. AKA the big show, mm-hmm. AKA 
Andre the Giant Jr., um, the Giant, all the the kind of uh, character names that he's had throughout the years. Um, he's a Hall of Fame uh, first ballot uh, member. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. definitely going to go into the Hall of Fame. Um, he's a multiple-time world champion, uh, won the world title in his first ever match, which is just shows the kind of... Uh, um, the the gravitas behind Mr. Mr. Watt, um, multiple time uh, champion in WWE, he's literally I think he's done the triple crown and the Grand Slam, won everything that can be to uh, to win in wrestling. But he'll always be known for one thing outside of uh, outside of all these accolades, and that is turning heel and face more uh-huh. times than Sir Powell has changed his underwear. So <laughs> what, twice. What exactly. Way more than twice. <laughs> so my plan uh, was to essentially go through all of Paul White's career and and find out when and how he he turned heel and face. So this was a massive undertaking. Why? This was okay. going to be a lot of work. But luckily, Wrestle Talk had done the job for me. So a good old copy and paste, and I've got all the information right here. Now, before I start, how many, bloody t- comfy. <laughs> how many times do you think throughout his career he has he has had a, a face or a heel turn? Now, I Legitimately. Think- I think I may actually be not far off if I give a guess because I'm fairly certain I looked into something similar to this a couple of years back. So I'm going to say it's over 30, isn't it? Well, I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll hear when we get to the final number. So let's make a start. Okay. So first, uh, it was a heel. Um, he uh, debuted in the in 1995 as the Giant, obviously part of the uh, Dungeon of Doom. Um, his first turn was uh, in 1996. Uh, he became a babyface uh, be, uh, because he was the WCW champion, uh, and he was going up against the the NWO. He betrayed the WCW and joined the NWO, so that was a uh, a heel turn there. Then later in 1996, he turned back face because he wanted a shot at Hogan's title. 1998, he turned heel, uh, feuded uh, with the NWO for 18 months, joined up with NWO Hollywood, uh, and then started smoking as well during matches, if you remember that time in Big Show's career. Very strange. 1999, turned back face again uh, in the aftermath of the finger poke of doom. Turned heel when he debuted for the WWE, uh, when he uh, he threw Austin through the cage. Later in 1999, turned face again, took out McMahon at WrestleMania 15, and then joined the union with Mankind, Test, and Ken Shamrock. That didn't last that long because in 1999, he turned heel again, uh, where he formed the Unholy Alliance with The Undertaker. Still in 1999, turned face again. Because uh, the <laughs> Unholy Alliance uh, ended when Undertaker got injured. He won the WWE title Survivor Series uh, where he replaced Stone Cold. 2000, turned heel again. Uh, he uh, complained about the Royal Rumble 2000 results and feuded with The Rock, but then turned back face and started becoming a comedy act when he was doing uh, parodies of Hogan and Roddy Piper. 
still in 2000, turned heel again. Uh, he attacked a baby face, uh, Undertaker, and then got uh, sent down to uh, Ohio Valley to go and lose some weight, and then came back at the 2001 Royal Rumble still as a heel. But then when we had the invasion, he turned face uh, because he was on the <laughs> WWE side. 2002, he uh, joined the MWO again, becoming uh, a heel, but then changed back to be in a face uh, when he was traded to SmackDown. 2,000 years later. Still in 2002, turned heel again when he uh, sided with Paul Heyman uh, Survivor Series to win the WWE title from Brock Lesnar. That was a good one, though. That was a good turn, that was. It was, and he he stayed uh, heel for a little while then because he, he then didn't turn face again until 2004 when he slammed Kurt Angle off a ledge, uh, leaving him in a pool of his own blood. Um, he then he returned as a baby face and then feuded with Angle, who was at that time the, the GM. 2006 turned heel again when he uh, sided with Paul Heyman to beat RVD for the ECW title. 2008 turned face when he returned to the WWE um, as a baby face at No Way Out, but then quickly turned heel uh, when it came to uh, his uh, boxing match with uh, Floyd Mayweather. 2008 still turned um, turned face again uh, when the fans ref- uh, refused to cheer the controversial outsider in his uh, in his feud with Big Show, who is now um, turned face again. 2008 still turns heel when he turned on the Undertaker, had an affair with Vicky Guerrero, and had a tag team with Chris Jericho, and then the Miz. 2009 turned face when he beat Chris Jericho for a, a spot on Team Raw Bragging Rats. But then at Bragging Rats, turned heel when he turned on Team Raw. Um, 2010, turned back face <laughs> when he turned on The Miz uh, after they lost the titles to the Hart Dynasty. And this is where he started to cry a lot. 2012, he had a bit of a break between the heel turns. He cried again when uh, Johnny Ace fired him and he turned heel to get his job back. 2013, he turned face again when he aligned with Sheamus and Randy Orton against the Shield. 2013, turned back heel when he lo- uh, his loss to the Shield at WrestleMania caused him to go to the dark side again and he joined the authority. 2013, he turned back face when he finally stood up to the authority uh, after months of uh, jokes about his penis size and being forced to knock out Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> 2014, turned on his team at Survivor Series and rejoined the authority because he was worried oh. that the team would lose. They went on to win that match. 2015 turned back to being a face when he helped Jericho, Reigns and Ambrose fight off the Wyatt family. 2018 turned back to a heel when uh, he put Kofi Kingston through a table on, on the thousandth episode of SmackDown, uh, which uh, helped the bar win the tag team titles. Later on uh, in that year, turned face again when he fell out with the bar and ended up in a bar fight. And then 2020, turned heel yet again when he uh, returned to uh, face Drew McIntyre after WrestleMania 36 for the for the WWE title. And then again in t- uh, 2020, he helped the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits fight off the Ninjas, therefore being a face again. Uh, up to press... That is the 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 last of his heel and face turns, but 
That is a total of 36 turns throughout oh, his okay. career. See, I so, thought 37. I thought it was 37. It, well, it, it's 36. Okay. Um, but just for that sheer number alone, going into the Hall of Lame this week is Big Shaw turning heel slash face. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And we, we spoke about the Big Shaw before in that he should have been used in whatever company he was working for as an attraction. Mm-hmm. The guy is, you know, legit a giant. He could do things in the ring other people couldn't of his size. Not that there was many people of his size, but but they just overbooked him in WCW. They overbooked him in WWE, and nothing he did was special anymore, which mm-hmm. is a real shame. And and when you're turning um, characters or changing characters four times in a year, which he does multiple times, it it every single time it devalues him, uh, and mm-hmm. I think. This is a guy who who had a, a like I said a storybook career, and yet what he's known for is is n- not knowing whether he's a, a heel or a face. I mean, turn face to be at bragging rights, only to turn heel at bragging rights. I mean, that's two face turns in a week. It's, it's ridiculous. absolutely ridiculous. It's and uh, wrestling's so silly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get where you're coming from. It's ridiculous and a wasted opportunity as well with a career mm-hmm. and yeah. so on. I, I think really re- a real shame. Uh, you've covered lots and lots and lots of events there, Magsy. For right, a huge <laughs> thirty-six of them, of, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would like to go to one particular event or one particular pay per view, actually. And I actually went back and watched a great chunk of this this afternoon. Just to make sure I wasn't wrong, I don't want to make I don't want to put forward this into the hall of lane and then think, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought or whatever. I watched a huge chunk of it back today. Uh, Sharon even sat through some of it. Bless her. It's it is bad. It is bad. It's a pay per view that even when I was a young child and I would watch any wrestling I could get and loved it, regardless of how terrible it was, even young me watched this and thought, this is shit. I give to you WrestleMania 9. Oh, Jesus. Now, there's a few things I want to comment on with WrestleMania 9 before we even get into the matches, okay? Randy Savage on commentary is okay. Randy Savage on commentary for three hours is a definite fucking no-no. I don't want to hear that. Okay. Uh, it's it's being sold as the first WrestleMania to be outdoors, which actually is. But that's not a good thing. It's still daylight to come the main event when they're trying to set off fireworks for crying out mm-hmm. loud. The whole thing looks terrible. Oddly, as, as odd as it sounds, it looks terrible because of the sunshine, which is something that people normally welcome. The bloody togas that everyone was wearing. The world's largest toga party. Why? Why? Is that going to sell tickets? Does anyone want to see Mean Gene Oakland in a toga? Is that going to sell pay-per-views? It's not. It's a ridiculous decision to make. You've got the debut of, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling announcer of all time, Jim Ross, in the WWF at this pay-per-view. So you dress him up like an absolute clown in a toga uh, and go from there. So that's a missed opportunity there, I think. Luna Vachon debuts at this pay-per-view alongside Shawn Michaels. Again, a big get for the WWF a big character there that they could do quite a bit with no fanfare nothing said about it not announced when she comes to the ring 
literally just walks to the ring as a little bit of a tangle with Sherry disappears again. So if you're watching in the arena or you're watching and you're not catching the commentary very well, you don't know who this person is. So that's another missed opportunity there. All around the ring is the usual metal crowd barriers that the WWF have tried really hard to dress up in golden Roman symbolisms, I guess. They've done that by cutting them out of bits of paper and sticking them on the sellotape. Because you can see it in the opener, it all falls down. Uh, Neon Crush is shit. <laughs> Bob Backlund is shit here. And the ch- fans are openly chanting for Razor Ramon, who is supposed to be the heel. The, the tag match for the, the the one half of the main event, the tag match, Money Incorporated versus Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan goes on far too long has a terrible finish with Jimmy Hart turning his jacket inside out to count the three count Luger comes out with some very scantily clad ladies and tries to have some sort of little pyro show from the top of his mirrors which would have looked a decent effect I think if it wasn't outdoors and so damn windy so all the pyros blowing away so it looked like crap again <laughs> in the main event there's USA chance in a match between a Canadian and a Samoan guy pretending to be Japanese um, the, the, obviously the infamous situation where Mr. Fuji throws the salt in Bret Hart's face to break up the sharpshooter it takes Fuji about three years to get the salt out of his little pocket and Bret Hart's just staring at him like a mug looking ridiculous and as uh, we and then, found out last week it wasn't actually salt it's it's talcum powder exactly mate exactly we then get all the Hogan bullshit at the end which is atrocious but then there's also something else that happens on this show as well we get barely any clean finishes. Okay, barely any. The opener is a is, is a disqualification finish. No, it's given as a count out victory, but it was actually a DQ because the referee got manhandled. I suppose Shawn Michaels getting counted out. Even Shawn Michaels couldn't save this shit show. But the opener started okay. It just falls off a cliff. The Steiner brothers actually win their match clean. We then have Doink the Clown with an extra Doink. So that's not a clean finish. But another referee runs down and they're talking about the finish between the two referees. Bear that in mind because that comes up later. Razor Ramon beats Bob Backlund after a couple of minutes. That was clean, so that's fair enough. The Money Incorporated Hulk Hogan Brutus Beefcake match was a DQ finish. Again, though, a referee runs down to help discuss the finish and, and you know, with the other referee and so on. So again, bear that in mind. Uh, Lex Luger defeated Mr. Perfect with the metal plate in his arm. So that's not a clean finish. Undertaker Giant Gonzalez was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Ended in a DQ. Yokozuna beat Bret Hart, again, with outside interference with assault and so on. No ref ran down, though, to talk about that finish, even though it's already happened twice in the rest of the show. So that makes no sense. And then Hogan, in his impromptu match, his, his ego fest of winning the championship from Yokozuna comes from Mr. Fuji being involved, throwing salt around again. So again, not a clean finish. It's supposed to be the biggest show of the year. And you look down that list, you've got the likes of Scott Hall, Lex Luger, Mr. Perfect, Shawn Michaels, the Steiners. You look at that roster, and this is the shit they served up. Easily, to me, easily the worst WrestleMania of all time. In probably the worst year for WWF pay-per-views of all time, when you look at the rest of the year as well. King of the Ring 93 is the only one that stands out as any good. So yeah, my entrant, for various reasons I just listed, into the Hall of Lane this week, is WrestleMania 9 and stupid bloody togas. I agree with you. I fucking hate WrestleMania 9. I've had to cover it for uh, for that 90s wrestling podcast before, and it's it's awful. 
but it does have one saving grace, one that you haven't mentioned. Okay. Todd Pettengill in a toga and sunglasses in the crowd. I mean, it's trying to talk to the Japanese people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, that's a worthy entry. That's a horrific. And like I said, this is the showcase of the immortals. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of the worst pay-per-views ever. Not just a a WrestleMania. It's just an awful, awful pay-per-view. So well-deserved entrant. It's so, so bad. And I could just carry on as well. I mean, Royal Rumble 93 was the worst. Royal Rumble. Survivor Series 93 was probably the worst Survivor Series. I mean, the SummerSlam 93, worst SummerSlam? Quite possibly. You can just put the whole year in, should we? (laughs) (laughs) Just 1993 in wrestling altogether. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, Should we jump into the chat magazine, have a little look at what people are saying about the rubbish we are getting rid of? Uh, Yes, we shall. Um, Sharon confirming that... um, that boxing match was awesome. Uh, yeah, the whole card on. So go back. If you've got um, um, anywhere to do it, uh, like watchwrestling.io maybe, um, go and check out that that card. It was absolutely superb. Um, Sharon, oh, Jesus, everybody, uh, get comfy. <laughs> I mean, when do I not come with a convoluted um, Hall of Lame entrance? But like I said, Props to Wrestle Talk because they did they did all the graphs, so I didn't have to. Well, I say I didn't have to. I actually got through about say ten of them before thinking this is a bit off a little bit more than I could chew with this, <laughs> uh, and then happened to to land on Wrestle Talk. Have actually done it, so they actually saved my bacon there. Fair um, enough. Well, it's the big slaughter show. <laughs> Um, Cam Griffin on a loop in my head now, Scottish Danny. Uh, the Union, I mean, what did you think of the Union, um, sir? Were you a big the Union fan? Weren't they around for like 15 minutes? I think it was just literally one storyline, yeah. Was it? They, I, I remember they all came to a row with two before two by fours. Oh, know. I remember that. Was yeah. Test in the Union as well? Yeah, yeah. Test, okay. um, Big Shaw. Uh, Mankind and uh, Ken Shamrock. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't really remember it. Connor says Paul White turned heel fist in 1999 five times. Yeah, that's right. He did five times in a year. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Scotty's Dan said Big Show versus Carly was the stuff of legends. <laughs> you need to stop that stabbing, sir. It's it's getting to your head. That's her, horrific. Yeah. Cam says, was it like King Kong versus Godzilla on a budget? <laughs> yeah, wish.com version. I wish. Yeah. Uh, Connor says, was Bragging Rats brought in uh, just to do Brand Wars twice a year? Uh, I think so. It just felt like that, just to have conflict where there, there wasn't any. And um, for, for fighting for bragging rights. What a load of shit. No one cares. Yeah. Absolutely, they don't. Um, Liam says Randy Orton tried killing the Undertaker by burning his casket in a casket match. I think, I think m- multiple people tried burning Undertaker, mm-hmm. which is his own fault because he likes to burn other people. Yeah, yeah. What goes around comes around, eh? Shaw never turned. He was just misunderstood. <laughs> so says so, so, Goodwin, and he should know because he's in the wrestling business. Wrestling. 
Cam says, and that's uh, that's it for this week's CWF. Tune in next week for Sars Hall of Fame entrance. <laughs> Love the dedication. Well, I'm actually impressed with Sars this week because it's it's not one he's wrote on the back of a cigarette packet. That's usually how, how he uh, he brings his to the I to the table. typed stuff and everything, mate. Shocking. Uh, um, Cam Griffin, take my money for Mean Gene in the toga. That's a weird fetish to have, if, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That that's that it sends shivers down your spine. Mm. Uh, Cam says this sounds nearly as bad as Uncensored nineteen ninety six. Similar kind of feeling as yeah, Uncensored nineteen ninety six. To be fair, I wouldn't um, want to say which one's worse. To be fair, I don't think I could decide because they're both equally they're terrible. Both equally shit. So yeah, Flame Vibes in in the chat. Hello, Flame Vibes. How are Hello. you? Uh, Josh uh, says, and Heenan backwards on a camel. I, I mean that they started with that. And mm-hmm. it was all downhill from there, which is yep. ridiculous. And then, yes, Liam, yo, I mean, aren't we cool? You're in the chat. Let's yeah. Just, Apparently, Liam so East 807 is not my son. This is Charlie's friend, Liam. Apparently. Oh. But Liam, my I son, mean, it, also you, it has. could be your son. It Who could knows? be, baby. I'm <laughs> your puppy. <laughs> It looks like we're getting a few of my daughter's mates in the chat. So, hello, well, everybody. Hello there. Again, as we mentioned earlier on in the show, it's gone nine o'clock. It's going to be some grown up words. Brace yourselves. Naughty, naughty. There we go. There's a disclaimer. Can't blame us now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Magsy, shall we now dive onto Twitter and the like and have a little look at our non wrestling topic? Yes, we shall. Are we not playing the jingle this week? Oh, yeah. I forget. I, you know, I forgot we even had a jingle. <laughs> Sorry. Right, NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> filthy, filthy burp. Uh, I okay, forgot I we even had that jingle, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> because I've been waiting so long for this, uh, the Steve or section jingle. Hang on, uh, bollocks. Hang on. That you, that was an error on your part. Don't try and turn it around to it being somehow my Listen, fault. Listen, I'm, I'm doing a big <laughs> show first turn. This is your, I'm going to start crying in a minute, and then it's going to be your fault. Yeah, probably. Okay. I get the blame for a lot of things, so it may as well be that as well. Um <laughs> This week's non-wrestling topic is the second part of our sort of little two-parter that ties in with last week, Magsy, isn't it? It is. Um, so last week it was, I don't get it, off your um, catchphrase, I suppose, of not uh-huh. getting movies or music or anything to do with pop culture. So this week it's brilliant. What do you think is uh, amazing that other people just don't agree with you and the, you're uh, an outcast because of it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what the topic uh, is for this week. And we got uh, loads of brilliant responses, as we always do. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So we will start. Well, I'll tell you, we'll start with a quick one from WhatsApp, Maxi, before I forget. And then we'll dive on into the Twitters there. Uh, Charlie messaged just for the show went on air to say she likes Doctor Who. She loves it. It's brilliant. But a lot of her mates aren't into it. So maybe that applies for her version of this. And I was like, yeah, yeah that works. absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, well, your mates are wrong. Let's let's just put that right out yeah. there. All your mates are wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, Millwall Chris on Twitter, at Millwall Chris 1. He just asks the question, what, apart from wrestling? Because that is a bit of a, a unique thing, isn't it? Even though this is the non-wrestling topic, I imagine there's been a time in every wrestling fan's life where their friends or family just ask them, why do you watch this? I mean, it happens to me with, with the missus on a regular basis. When when she sees me get excited about wrestling and she just looks at me with that, you're a fucking grown-ass adult. <laughs> what are you doing with your laugh? So, yeah. yeah. But that it absolutely fits. Wrestling is it is sometimes brilliant. Recently, it's been very very good. But it's it's not the most popular thing, is it? It's a very niche niche uh, product. It is, mate. It is. Uh, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. He says, "Not going in order, then. Let's find." I'm going in order. This is the order it came into us. I say this every week. This is the order it comes into us. And, and then you do that little thing where you roll your eyes and huff. And I say, well, let's do it a different way for your benefit. And you go, no, it's fine. Like some sort of Twitter crazed martyr. And, you know, we just got to get on with it. That That's my gimmick. I am <laughs> I, I'm being held here captive. I'm, I've got Stockholm Syndrome where I don't want to be here, but I, I like you, so I have to rock up. <laughs> it just, just grates me. just grates me every week. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, Danny says, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I don't get this myself. Absolutely. None of my friends or family get my fascination with comparing old school Coronation Street characters to wrestlers. I get a laugh out of it, but they're so confused at this. Who wouldn't want to see Rikishi inserted into a Coronation Street storyline? Well, well, me, for one. <laughs> Can you imagine him giving the stink face to like Beck Gilroy? <laughs> I don't know who that is, mate. I don't know. Hilda I know. Ogden. You know Hilda? No. Steve no. McDonald. Okay, yeah. He Liz McDonald. He could stink face Liz McDonald. That wasn't Liz McDonald also in Two Points of Lager with Sheridan Smith? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I know who that is then, yeah. So there we go. That's cool. It writes itself. <laughs> Just Rakesha. I did a... it for Steve. That's quite a odd thing though to have a fascination with doing that all the time i can kind of see why your family would look at you a little bit and be like what's that yeah, like, i mean man? once or twice but all the time doing it yeah i mean he does live in canning he does stab a lot of people he is from maidstone <laughs> and he pretends to be scottish so i mean what a mixed up little fella he is yeah he's yeah. he's he's a therapist wet dream yeah okay right rob at utt rob on twitter he's given us a list and he says it's basically everything you two hate apparently so i'm going to shout out a couple of these things magsy just give us yes or no straight after okay rhubarb absolutely not devil food blue cheese yeah not wrong with blue cheese i love blue cheese what about yourself see rhubarb yes blue cheese no so we're kind of crisscrossing there uh bubbly chocolate Get in the bin. Get bubbly fucking chocolate in the bin. I love a bit of mint aero, mate. Uh, and what do you mean you would? What's that supposed yeah. to mean? Because you just just disappoint me every single day. 
<laughs> oh, you sound like my parents. Um, we... <laughs> and Star Trek. I can take it or leave it, mate. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it, hate it. I just don't get the fascination with it. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, at non-WWE guy on Twitter. Somebody new messaging into the show. Thank you so much for that. Uh, he yeah. says, my love of hard rock and heavy metal music. Hey, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll have no slander against hard rock and heavy metal on, on this show. So that is brilliant. We agree with that. You're right. That. Exactly. But again, that's similar to wrestling. That's one of those things that I think every person who's who's a bit of a rocker, a bit of a metalhead, at some point in their life have, has had that questioned by people. Because it is similar to wrestling. Turn that bloody shit off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, oh, it's just noise. You can't hear what they're saying is another one. You know, from the uneducated buffoons. Um, <laughs> uh, Cam, at CamGriff92 on Twitter. He says here, competitive eating or food eating content. It's fallen off the viewing recently due to parenthood, but there's just something about it. Bonus mention to the great pottery throwdown is immense that guy is so passionate about pottery he cries every episode what you cry every episode cam i mean crying over pottery that's that you may need to speak to one about that but yeah i've, I've uh binge pardon the pun i've binge watched uh competitive eating before um man versus food used to be a, a brilliant show um i don't think they do it anymore but yeah um if it makes you happy, Cam, then have at it, sir. Hmm. I don't yeah, okay. quite get the pottery stuff, but that's the whole point of uh, of this topic, that people might not get it, but you think it's brilliant. I think I'd cry if I broke my toasty plate. I'd be devastated if that plate broke. I mean, there'll be a car boot knocking around your end this weekend. Just pick up another one. No, it's unique, mate. It's a, it's a big black square plate that goes up at the edges quite a bit so that when I make my toast, It's a bowl. No, it's not a bowl. It doesn't go up. It doesn't go up like that. It goes up a bit like a normal plate. But what bowls do you get that like that? That's not a bowl. That's a vase. <laughs> that is. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a measuring jug. No, my, my toasty plate, it's a square plate. So when you make your toasties, it goes on there. Because if you put them on a round plate, because they're two big square toasters, they either cross over each other, which is no good. You don't want them touching each other. Or they hang over the edge of the plate. Yeah, Sharon hates my toasty plate with a passion. She hates it. She would happily get rid of it. Sharon, smash it. Smash it don't, for me. Don't, don't smash my toasty plate, please. <laughs> I've never <laughs> normally size the most bubbly, like, kind of just annoyingly positive person, but he... <laughs> I felt the, the, <laughs> the passion in that side and you were, no, please yeah. don't smash my plate. I'll be, I'll be distraught, mate. I've got my, my mug that I have for my tea. I had my Guinness red glass for my, for my beer in the evenings. And I got my toasty plate. The Guinness red glass is broken. Eh? I'm down to the last two things that I use and I use them all the time. So it's like a part of my life. It's like losing an arm. I think when I lost that, <laughs> when I lost that Guinness I'll red glass. I'll never eat toasties again. Sharon will say in the chat how devastated I was when I broke that Guinness. Uh, Guinness I remember you, you sent a picture mm. of the of the shards. I still think about it from time to time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> With a solitary tear, <laughs> just staring out the window. <sighs> What's up with you, Si? It's the anniversary 
the, <laughs> the death of my glass. Uh, the thing is, it does come up as a reminder thing on Facebook for me. Now. <laughs> that, <And> you, that, <laughs> the only time you've ever used Google Calendar is so your phone reminds you of your anniversary of the death of your glass. Brilliant. Yeah, I was really upset. I was very upset indeed. <laughs> Sharon, in the chat, you broke the glass and you had tears. <laughs> I had that glass. It was the like, greatest moment of Sharon's life. I'd had that glass like I don't know, like twelve years, thirteen years maybe. So it's just it, a glass, though, mate. It's not, mate. It was my beer glass. We've been through a lot, but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was there for me when nobody else was. Yeah, it was, mate. It was. Uh, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin twenty one on Twitter. He says. My favourite movie is In Bruges. Is that how you pronounce that? Yep. I like yeah? it in the, okay. the, the city in Belgium. Okay. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will share my love of that film. Uh, this will surprise nobody here, but I've not seen it. I, I've seen it a long while ago. It's Colin Farrell, um, the Irish slash American actor. Um, what will you have seen him in? You might have seen him in Minority Report. I've seen Minority Report. Well, he's the the bad guy detective who's chasing Tom Cruise. That's Colin Farrell. He's, I okay. think it's about assassins. Um, is in Bruges. Like I said, it's been a long while since I've seen it. But if you love it, Dan, then I pity the fool. What, Mr. T in it? No. It, I mean, that would probably make it better, to be fair. Okay. I was just wondering why there was a Mr. T impression just randomly thrown in there then. Because I pitied him, and I thought I'd just throw in the, the fool just, just for a bit of brevity. Uh, okay. Uh, Dan also says, for TV, I think The Flash is one of the best series ever. Superhero, stupid fun, but genuinely lovable characters. Have you seen The Never Flash, watched it. Never watched it. No. Normally. I've seen The Flash film from like way back, like the, 90, the like early 90s. Now, I don't think Danny's in the chat, but I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be able to tell us. But I think The Flash is played by uh, an actor called Ezra Miller, uh, and he's a he's a fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> okay, what do you tell you, What do you say? What you really think? <laughs> oh, he's he's literally um, he's uh, been in court recently, um, threatening people with with guns and. Um, apparently he's got a, this kind of like cult um like um unit where he keeps people um brainwashed and locked up and things like that um yeah and a couple of just, fa- a knowledge is it that he's got people locked up no he, he's been accused of this by uh, by quite a few people and he um i think uh warner brothers who who are who are basically hiring for for the flash of they may have suspended him from recording something like that. Yeah, he's a. Um, I found out from a. I have a, uh, a YouTube channel that I follow called Internet Today, and they're they. I think I've mentioned them on the show before. They kind of cover news that doesn't necessarily make mainstream uh, news outlets, and that was one of the topics. Ezra Miller is a is a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, and Dan also says blue cheese. I fucking love blue cheese. Not wrong with blue cheese. It's absolutely amazing. I, d- I don't, I don't particularly agree with Cam, who says blue cheese is the devil's smegma. No, that was a bit. Yeah, but if it was, I would happily slurp up that smegma. Oh, you can be as rude as you like with me. 
that is getting snipped and used again. <laughs> My wife there, what's that saying? Breaking news. Toby is in Lemmy's box. Ah, okay. Now, Toby is next door's cat who pops around to see our cats every now and again. Uh, Lemmy is Yeah, but we've tried chucking him out. He does. He keeps coming back and he'll pop in, say hello and, you know, he has a couple of biscuits that are dying for our cats and then decides to just take himself off somewhere for a sleep. So, yeah, then he so goes back you, home. You've and, adopted another cat, is what you're saying. Well, not a, no, not really, because he, he is next door. So he does still go back home and so on. It's, it's, it's a bit tricky, really, but he's, uh, he's a lovely old boy. But Lemmy has got a big thing about cardboard boxes, and it looks like, yeah, Toby's in there. So that's yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. They might have a scrap. A cat fat later on. Over a box. Uh, Connor knows soccer at Connor knows footy on Twitter. Uh, and whilst we have a mention of Connor here tomorrow, well, not even tomorrow, UK time, we're looking at what is it now, quarter to 10. So, in about two hours' time on Tuesday morning, Connor's new show, Connor Knows Horror, debuts on the chain wrestling, not the chain wrestling, that's not right, is it? The on chain the S- wrestling <laughs> network. On- on the SJP World Media Network, short, quick, bite-sized reviews of horror films, horror TV shows, whatever. He's, I've listened to the first episode. Well, I edited the first episode, to be fair. It's, it, he runs through the plot and then gives his own sort of take on the film and gives a rating. And Connor says that the whole point is to try and get people to maybe check out films they haven't seen before. I listened to episode one, as I said, because I've edited it ready for coming out tomorrow. Really and enjoyed it. Watch so. the film as well. I haven't I'm, actually, I'm, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because it does sound good. Not. Stop lying. But yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, definitely gonna check out Connor's uh, Connor's work on on the network and check out all this stuff on his on his own YouTube channel. The guy is doing some some great great work. So uh, we're always uh, very proud and appreciative of uh, of Connor and the support he gives us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Connor says, "My love for football." American football is king in the States and most of my family members and friends are big American football fans. And when I watch matches on my own, they ask me a bunch of questions that seems like they're interested, but they never watch a game. Okay. So yeah, Connor yeah. is much more of a fan of our version Proper of football. football. Proper not football, yeah. No, not Handeg. Um, my wife obviously is also a big fan of Handeg, the NFL. But, I mean, again, each to their own. I can appreciate it more now because Sharon watches it every weekend. I'm catching bits of it, and I'm, I appreciate certain bits. I'd, I'd struggle to still sit down and watch as much as Sharon does. But then on the other side of the coin, Sharon would sit down and struggle to watch as much wrestling as I do, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, with, with, uh, with Connor, I suppose it's the flip side of that, isn't it? He watches our football, but yeah. that side of the water. So, Well, our football is brilliant. Um so he's making the right decision. He's picking the the proper football instead of uh, the fake shoulder pads and 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 um, protective uh, American version because they're all a big bunch of sissies, aren't they? Really? You're just trying to pick a fight with Sharon, aren't you? <laughs> no, no. I mean, ah, uh, if you like American football, that's absolutely fine. Go and enjoy it, but. It is for sissies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're bigger sissies than me, mate. Jesus. I'm, I'm, hang on. I don't mean it like that. I mean, I mean, they're bigger than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not talking about it today, Sharon says in the chat. Yeah, Cowboys didn't get the results she wanted. So we're, we're not we're not discussing it, Maxie. We're not bringing it up. Is, did they lose to the Eagles? Was it that one? 
I'm not sure who they were playing, but I know they lost, yeah. Half past one in the morning, they kicked off, and Sharon stayed up to watch it, and they got beat. Is the Cowboys, are they Sharon's team? Yes. Is that how she's adopted? Yeah. America's she is, team. Like, yeah, since the nineties, her brother was into them, and so that's kind of how she got the attachment to to the Cowboys. And now she's properly got back into it again. That's still her team. She don't change her team, do you? So, no. well, good Anna. But she's got her Cowboys jersey, a Cowboys lamp, a Cowboys blanket, Cowboys slippers. She looks like their merchandise store has been sick on her. Whenever so, the Cowboys. Play. So basically, if she does break your toasty plate, you could burn all of her Cowboys. Memorabilia. Oh dear, dear, dear. Well, let us know in the chat what you think of that, Sean. Oh, Jesus. Um, with, the, with, the, <laughs> with a photo. In fact, dress it up as a as a an American footballer, but with the photo of uh, Jared Leto's head, <laughs> and then chuck it on the fire at bonfire. Now he's the oh, guy. Dear. He's the guy. Why? Apologies for all of that, Sharon. Um, yeah, that's him, Mike. That ain't me. <laughs> that's him. I, I've got no part in this. I, I got to live here, Max. Stop it. <laughs> James on Twitter at Yamal Right. I think that says if I'm saying that correctly. Yamal Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, James says wrestling. I missed a football match for Clash at the Castle and got piss taking after. Fuck him though. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah totally uh snooker misspent youth mastering some big breaks and love going to tournaments and then this is the one for me eating raw sausages yeah. <laughs> i didn't get this it's I just i mean wrestling i get it yep snooker maybe not as much but i get it but then i don't mind snooker yeah then he goes totally off the off the edge of the cliff eating raw sausages and then he says it's a black country thing. So is Gloucester black country? Does it, no, we're, that a bit, just like, we're a bit further down. Like Wolverhampton, Dudley, all. all yeah, they're, they're the other side of Birmingham to us. So that's yeah. like the black country. And we're, yeah. Um, raw sausages, though. I think it's a black country thing. I get it's odd, but his mum normalized it. I no. I don't that understand. Black. Is raw like a brand of sausages, or is he talking about getting like a sausage straight from the butcher and just chomping on it? Well, that's what I thought it was. It must be eating raw sausages. It must be eating. Uh, surely, wouldn't you get poorly? You'd think so. You absolutely would think so. But yeah, we we, we need more information on this, uh, Jay. Yeah, we do. We really that do. That sounds sounds. Unhealthy, sir. Sounds unhealthy. That's, it can't be good for you, can it? Really? You'd get really poorly. And where do you draw the line? Frozen ones? <laughs> That's an ass lolly. Frozen ones. <laughs> yeah. If it's a hot day, you get a frozen one in that. Uh, licking, the, licking a frozen sausage. Just stirring his G&T with it. <laughs> <laughs> it chop, chop it up into little sausage cubes. Little, Yeah, little, yeah. instead of ice cubes, little, yeah, you have like a meat cocktail, couldn't you? Bit of gravy, bit of and vodka. Then, do you have square sausage? Like, do you have a raw square sausage? Like, say you wanted a sandwich, would you? Because it. Oh, you got the square sausage. Like, yeah, they. It's, it's literally, it's literally a sausage. Like, it looks like a potato waffle, but it's a square, isn't it? It's a sausage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What they when they defrost or cook though, they fall apart really easily. So you'd have to eat those raw if you weren't cooking them. Or is it just and frozen? It? 
you'd have to eat them raw and frozen. Mm. Yeah. Not that I would, because that's weird. I'm sorry, that is weird. <coughs> that is strange. Magsy coughing his guts up again, because it's Monday, so that means Magsy's poorly. Um, <laughs> uh, Herb, uh, here we have Portoli at Rain Counter on Twitter. He says, Herbert Clunkerdunk? I've got no idea what that is, Max. I'm assuming it's a character from Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, a film I have never, never seen. Um, but Paul is a good judge of, uh, of character, obviously, with the, the no stop cube uh, incidents. So if he thinks that they're brilliant or this person's brilliant, then they must be brilliant. Okay. Oh, fair enough. I've not seen Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion either, but that's the one from Friends there, isn't it? Lisa Kudra? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Herbert Clunkadunk. No idea. No idea at all. Sounds like um, um, a nun's name, doesn't it? It does a little bit. Yeah. Herbert Clunkadunk. Not allowed within three miles of any school. That's all. MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter. He says, Disc Golf, I think belongs on this list, but my sons get it. Mm-hmm. It, and his MGB Wrestling Pod, one of his sons, I assume, is playing in his first tournament next Saturday, and it will be his second. Now, I know you've got quite strong opinions on disc golf, Max, haven't you? Well, I mean, firstly, let's get out of the way. Uh, good luck to, um, to uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Mason um, in his tournament. Good luck to Graham in his tournament. Um, but it, it's, it's just throwing a frisbee at a, a big net. So I don't get it. But Graham uh, and his family think it's brilliant, so it qualifies. It just it looks ridiculous, doesn't it? It's it's who, who what idiot invented it? Someone's See, obviously can't. someone's thrown a frisbee. It's got trapped like in a maybe a badminton net, and they've gone light bulbs gone off and gone. That's a brilliant idea for a, a sport, <laughs> but it's not. It's ridiculous. But Graham loves it. It'll be in the Olympics, scene. It better fucking not be. It will because the, the when the country hosts the Olympics, they can put their own events in. So if the Olympics goes over to the states again, they might chuck in disc golf. Well, they better not. Do you know that in the Olympics there used to be a gold medal for for writing? What? You know, like writing, like poems and stuff. <laughs> Sorry, on you know writing. Yes, I'm aware of writing, Max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they they used to have. Uh, medals for for poetic writing oh i thought you meant like whose handwriting was the neatest <laughs> it's fully joined <laughs> up <laughs> but you didn't, you, anyway. <laughs> you didn't do a little love heart over the eye so you only got the silver medal but when you said when you said a medal for writing i genuinely thought you meant it was like the way you form the letters no, and it's for that poetic writing yeah, used to be how long ago was this oh hundreds of years ago Right, okay. It got phased out very, very quickly, but yeah, the gold medals for for writing. Why? I could compete in that, mate. We could, and then we'd also get the the gold medal for the tandem podcasting. Yes, exactly, mate. Exactly. See, disc golf. I don't have an issue with it. I've never watched like a whole well, match or a whole tournament. But 
not I'm not being pinnacle. I'm I'm putting forward my opinion. Okay, that's what this show is all about. And <laughs> like I've said, I've said it before on the show. I've seen clips of it online popping up, and some of the shots they make are amazing. When they got to bend it around trees and all that sort of stuff, it's incredible. Well, they don't got to. They could just lay it up and take another shot. But yeah, it's, it looks it looks very very skillful. Mm. I just don't get why it's a thing. You could be amazing at it though without realizing. I could, but I'll never know. I reckon at some point we should, when we finally do actually meet up in person for the first time, we should go and play disc golf just for the crap. No, oh, that's such, not going to happen. Such <laughs> we could play normal golf. <laughs> we can do a, a, a round of eighteen round the links if you if you'd like. So what's what's the difference between normal golf and disc golf then? Because you know, no, hang on, that sounded wrong. I know the difference between normal golf and disc golf, but what I mean is you're you're describing disc golf as just throwing a frisbee in a bin. Surely mm. normal golf is just knocking a ball in a hole. It's the same principle, well, isn't yeah. it? It's the same. But then surely you could break down every sport to those those like essentials. Football is kicking a ball into a net. Yeah. While whilst other people run around. Yeah, Curling break... is throwing some stones down a slippy ice patch. A slippy ice patch. <laughs> thing is, you can't break down one and say that's why it's shite, but then break down some yeah, else. And go, yeah, but that's all right. You, you say that I can't, but I just can, and I did. So that's <laughs> oh. the thing that happened. Ah, oh, you're in one of those moods, are you? Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Joshua Goodwin at Joshua Goodwin PW on Twitter. My excellent, well, more talented, more interesting co-host of NXT Rise on 4 podcast out every Monday morning. He says here, the music of the Decemberists. of it's an acquired taste i don't think i know them maxi are you aware nope. of those i've never ever heard of them until i read it okay oh okay fair enough perhaps, perhaps in the future we should maybe do a little bit of research into this sort of stuff before we go live no that that makes it look professional and and chain wrestling is is nothing if it's not haphazard and unprofessional sounds good mate sounds good um i'd always forget anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Joshua continues, watching Let's Plays. I'm not a great gamer, so I guess it's competency porn. Okay. But so for for people who don't know, Let's Plays are essentially playthroughs of video games where somebody right. from beginning to an end uh, they'll play through the whole game and, and kind of record it um, I, I like watching some of them uh, I do prefer things like speed runs where you've got to uh, get through the game as quickly as possible and they they show just how broken uh, some games are when it comes to like glitches and and um, out of bounds and things like that but yeah they they they're some of the more interesting things to to uh, go down on a YouTube rabbit hole. Um, City planners, uh, I think he means things like SimCity or uh, Skylands. Um, yeah, I've, I've watched. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of SimCity, the game. Yeah, I used to play it. Yeah, I used to play it around my mm-hmm. mates' when I was a kid. Yeah, I used to love it. I've, I've watched a video where um, a guy makes the perfect city. It runs absolutely perfectly, but then every hundred years, the whole city dies, and then it starts again, like almost like Adam and Eve, where and it's just this like never-ending circle of of the city dying and then regenerating itself. It's uh, very very clever. Okay. Huh. Uh, yeah, I mean Joshua continues. Uh, sometimes it's fun watching people suck, though. It means at games, obviously. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, a fan of City Planner plays, as you mentioned there, Magsy. All the satisfaction of a job well done with none of the work. Brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, getting lost down YouTube rabbit holes. I have a treasure trove of useless trivia and knowledge on very niche subjects because of it. From how to properly protect your warehouse against dust explosions to making pemmican old survival food. I'm your guy. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> When I need some old old survival food, is that old as in it was done years ago or survival food that's been there for a long, long time? I think it must be like an old technique, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. drying and preserving the food, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, finally, Joshua says, Tia Maria and orange juice. It's spectacular. Tastes like chocolate orange. No, finally- that sounds, sounds horrific. What what flavour is Tia Maria? I'm sure Tia Maria is coffee. Oh, I won't like that anyway then. Yeah, it's because it's, it, it's what you use in a black rush, isn't it? Uh, coffee sucks. Uh, and finally, finally, the wearing of crowns and Leo Kruger. Yeah. yeah, big fan of Leo Kruger, mate. <laughs> big fan of Leo Kruger. Rightfully so. He's very good on XT. Leo Kruger, yeah. No, no. Yes. Uh, wrestling Jeebus at Wrestling Jeebus on Twitter. Nope, hang on. That was something else. In fact, I'm going to bring that That was your pimple dick thing. Well, just this wait till we finish this and then we'll bring it up. Do you want me to, okay. to hit the, the uh, intro? Pimple dick alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. Oh, well, you press the intro. I'll do that and then we can move on. Yeah. Okay. it. Wrestling Jeebus on Twitter. He put a tweet out saying, we don't talk enough about how good this tag team was. And it was a picture of Albert and Test with Trish Stratus in front of, and this is 2000s Trish Stratus. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I loved her so much. Um, <laughs> the tag team was obviously TNA, Test and Albert. And he put the status out there saying, we don't talk enough about how good this tag team was. And other comments eventually came along saying about how it was a tag team he enjoyed when he was a kid. 
and uh, he was very fond of them when he was younger growing up and so on, which is great. You know, that, that's that's his prerogative. He can enjoy whatever he likes. However, what drew, drew my attention to this was a tweet of Wrestling G versus his, himself. His name's Mark, I believe. Magsy, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Responding to that initial tweet of his own, saying, why? Never thought me liking a tag team would bring out such a hostile emotion in people. He's had DMs calling him a fucking idiot and people calling me a liar, etc. The IWC is insane. Now, I don't get this kind of mentality. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's just voiced an opinion of something that he enjoys. And people have jumped on it. And again, you, you're not allowed to like that. You're wrong. That kind of mentality. It's 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 absolutely insane, Mags, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to Twitter drama, I like to read it. I'm, I'm nosy like that, but I don't tend to let it bother me. I don't tend to let it uh, affect me. But when it comes to uh, people like uh, Mark, Wrestling Jeebus, who is one of one of the most positive members of, of our community. Um, he, he's dealt through so many hardships over the, over the time that I've known him on, on Twitter, but he's always positive and he's always spreading, um, good vibes about wrestling. Um, I, I really kind of get defensive when he gets, uh, yeah. grief like this, um, because he's such a, a great guy. He really, he really, really is. He's, he's a treasure in our community. And for, for people to go around giving him shit because he liked a team that 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 they didn't get, I don't, I just don't understand it. Wrestling is for everyone. Um, you can like what you like. It's it's so subjective. Um, you will never find two wrestling fans that like exactly everything the same, uh, and that's the beauty of it. You can you can dislike whatever you dislike, and you can love whatever you want. But to give other wrestling fans grief about it, we are already a very marginalised um, niche community as it is. The last thing we need is to be kind of um, cannibalising ourselves and and giving each other grief about wrestling. We get that from ninety five percent of the population. Uh, so I just don't get this. Uh, this matter of attacking other wrestling fans for something that they like. It's just, it's weird. Really, really weird. Yes. So at BB Bart for Prez at Ben Zuki and all the other fucking assholes on Twitter, uh, sending things like name three good matches they had uh, and all this sort of stuff. And, Oh, there were seven other teams ahead of them. Name their best three matches. Fuck you. Basically you're scum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I'll, I'll be honest. It, no, don't even fucking you know message or anything. Anybody, just just fucking leave Twitter. Just don't interact with people because obviously you lack any brain power to be able to conduct yourself in a proper way. And you are what is wrong with the wrestling community. You are what is wrong with the especially the internet wrestling community. And you're not welcome here. You're not welcome on any of our Twitter timelines. Your pieces of shit. Fuck off. You're scum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, just the, the comments. I mean, like you, like you said, there were at least seven teams um, ahead of him. Oh, well, let's only like things that were successful or popular. I mean, yeah. compare that to, to football. 
How many of us lack a team that never wins the Premier League? Yeah. I mean, Man United, for instance. So, um, That's rich coming from a Burnley yeah. fan, isn't it? <laughs> very, very rich. <laughs> but but that, that exactly proves my point. Um, Burnley are never going to win the Premier League. Does that mean I shouldn't ever like them because they're never going to be as successful as Man United or Liverpool or City? Absolutely not. So what's mm-hmm. the difference in, in wrestling? If... if if uh, TNA test Albert and Trish has put a smile on a young wrestling Jameson's face, then fucking good on him. Yeah. I'm glad he. I'm glad they uh, they were something that he enjoyed. And why should he not? Exactly, exactly. And we love you, Mark. You're brilliant. We absolutely do. We love we you, bits. And I'll tell you what, Trish has definitely put a smile on my young wrestling fan's face. I'll tell you that. Not just the smile. <laughs> uh, back to our non wrestling topic then. See, uh, see, that wild me up. That made me angry. I was going to leave it, Maxi. I was going to leave it. But no. I, I'll tell you what you as wouldn't. well. Very quickly. Steve-O, I know you're going to be listening during the week. I hope you enjoyed that because I know you like it if I go off on a bit of a rant at times. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ben, at Witticisms of Ben on Twitter. And this is one that I'm really curious about. I loved the ending of Lost. I cannot understand the hate it gets. Now, I, I need more information about this. I need to have more. In fact, I'm going to DM him, I think, and ask him why. What did he think about <laughs> So him? you're going to do exactly what's just happened with No, Mark. no, 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 no. DM not, him, not a... call him an idiot, name three other uh, series endings that were better. So this is the seventh. There's at least seven endings of a series <laughs> that are better than that. You're a liar. Uh, call him that. Why are, why are you the way you are? Why do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben here is just trying to get a rise out of out of the world because he's literally the only person I have ever seen that says they like the end of Lost. But as we've gone and said multiple times on this, if he liked it, then good on him. Um, well, I, I don't the get whole it. Point. No, no, I don't get it either. But it's the whole point of this topic isn't it but what i meant was i'm going to message him saying what was it he liked about it because perhaps he got something i didn't and perhaps he can open my eyes to something i'm missing and the the 7.8 billion other people in the world didn't well maybe maybe who knows perhaps he he understood it in a completely different context and it it makes it a better ending i'd love that show to have a good ending because i really enjoyed it yeah it didn't and ben's wrong but he <laughs> thinks it's brilliant. <laughs> so it's brilliant. Uh, Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. Yes, I know, Magsy, I've still not sent you the link. I keep forgetting. Everybody say what time is it? It's Steve-O. Well, I will do it. I will do it. I'll just hold it against you for, for forever. For, oh, not long then. Um, Steve-O says... <laughs> A lot of these are specifically directed at my closest friend, Meryl. Have I said that right? Meryl? Meryl? Yeah, that's Meryl. Right. Yeah, looks Meryl. like Meryl. Okay, Mer. I'll just call him Mer. So I love the I love uh, Clockwork Orange. Seen mm-hmm. it at least 50 times. He's never seen and never will and doesn't get why I love it. Well, if he's never seen it, how can he pass judgment? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I had to taste bubbly chocolate to know it's it's horrific. Oh, so back to the bloody bubbly chocolate. I'm just comparing, <laughs> uh, and you, you see orange. You think orange arrow, which just just makes me. Oh. But yeah, I think Clockwork <laughs> Orange is a great film, uh, and Murrell is clearly wrong. Yeah, fair enough. 
I, gee, again, I'm not sure if I've seen this. Oh, Jesus wept. Anyway, I've definitely not seen this. Inglorious Bastards, I think, is a masterpiece, Steve-O says. It's a great film. It's a Mer, great film. Mer says it's just a crap carry-on film. With, well, with a lot of Nazi killing in it as well. Um, and Brad Pitt doing a kind of like Louisiana accent, which is always good. Does that do it for you, does it? I mean, Brad Pitt with any accent. Fair enough. Uh, Steve-O continues. <laughs> uh, thought of I don't get it, but I do. People that love Snatch more than Lockstock. Mer is one of these. It's just a rip-off of Lockstock. It's a good film in its own right, but better than Lockstock? Come on. I like both of those films. Yeah, I, do. I don't like to compare them both. They're both different, but also equally good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Steve-O says, I will tag at DreadFPL. He doesn't get us wrestling fans liking wrestling. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but the it's fake. I actually did a podcast about it and being able to suspend my disbelief. Yeah, again, the wrestling one we all get at some stage in our lives, don't we? Especially the older we get, I think, you know? Yeah. And I wish I could go back and tell younger me just to not give a shit like older me does, you know? I mean, I don't wish the same. Um, I'm glad I got out of wrestling when I did because it just wasn't appealing to me at the time. But I'm also glad I got back into it uh, when I did so. I would say to younger me, stay the course. You're not doing too bad, sir. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Murr. He doesn't get why I like Life's Too Short or Lookalikes. His criticism of Lookalikes is it's just a show about people that look like famous people. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the whole premise. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you're a big fan of Life's Too Short because it's... uh, No. It's... Your your favorite little guy is in it. It's not. I don't. I don't think I've got a favorite little guy, but he's definitely the bottom of the list. If I had to pick, bottom of he's bottom of a very short list. <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. Oh dear. Uh, Steve says his that's exactly his argument. It's why it's so good. It's a parody of a parody of a parody, very similar to Life's Too Short. So many layers to it. That's why they're genius in Steve-O's opinion. Um, he says, I'm not saying I can go out of my way and watch, but I can happily watch cricket, any format, and snooker. Good man. Yep. But people I know just don't get how I can. Yeah, I don't get it with cricket, as we covered last week. But snooker, I get. I enjoy snooker. Mm-hmm. Um, more when I was younger, Steve-O says, but liking metal music. Usual, it's just rah, 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 he puts here. Ironically, that was being applied to Linkin Park and Limp Biscuit. And I'd always say, well, ironically, I don't particularly like those bands. I'm into a lot more heavier stuff like Slipknot and Fear Factory. But because of their naive, bigoted opinions, they didn't understand. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the time it is that, isn't it? It's just na- naiveness and not wanting to open your mind to give someone else another try, potentially. Exactly. And letting the music industry pick the bands you like for you. Mm. That's a whole different podcast for a whole different day. That's why it's called popular music. Mm, maybe. Uh, Steve continues. Every time I used to eat a large yogurt, like an Onken. Have I said that right? Onken? Onken? Yeah, that's yeah, right. The, the yogurt company. Yeah. With peanut butter, people would be disgusted at this. Nope, I do that. Um, for, for breakfast, I'll eat like, Greek yogurt with 
some peanut butter in. It's delicious. Why did you do, mix it in there, or did you just? Yeah. Well, no, you don't. It's not like a like a a Scotch egg where you'll eat the yogurt and then there's a big lump of peanut butter. Yeah, you just get a spoonful of peanut butter, stir it in, so it like goes all the way through the yogurt. Yeah. But doesn't and the peanut butter like... just stick together because it's it's a thicker density than the yogurt? Doesn't it just stick together in one lump? Wouldn't you be no, better that's, off? That's why you stir it. Yeah, but even stirring it, it'll stick to the spoon, won't it? It it never does with me. So oh, okay. And and if I'm ever feeling a little bit fruity, I'll put some jam in as well. So I'll make like peanut butter and and jam yogurt. I'm intrigued now because I love yogurt and I love peanut butter. Well, get a have a have a try of it. Get some I will do Greek yogurt and a big old like dessert spoon of peanut butter. Stir it. Crunchy peanut butter or smooth. I mean, there's no reason to ever have smooth peanut butter, is there? No, I always prefer crunchy, yeah. Yeah. Never ever will I ever buy smooth peanut butter. Just it's just so why would not you have the go, would you go without? Say so you're craving your peanut butter and yogurt. So I'm pregnant and I, my craving <laughs> is peanut butter. With yogurt, yeah. And you go downstairs, there's no peanut butter. So ah oh, shit, I'm just going down the shop. You know, I say to my wife, I'm going down the shop. So I nip down the road and you get yourself some peanut butter. Casual, but all the crunchiers ran out. All all the crunch all the crunchiers ran out. So all you've got is smooth. You would go without rather than buy smooth. No. I would get some smooth, but I'd also buy a, a bag of KP nuts, oh, smash them up with a rolling pin and throw them in. That seems like a lot of fucking about for me, but there we go. Not really. Not really. I'd just get crunchy anyway. Okay. I've got two jars of crunchy peanut butter in my cupboard right now. So I, w- Ooh, I wouldn't all right. get you. <laughs> I've got none. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mock me with the amount of peanut butter you have access to, my friend. <laughs> That's how you know you're middle class when you've got multiple jars of peanut butter. Uh, uh Steve-O says, at work, people don't get how I eat so much. People don't get how at 10.30 a.m. I'm eating chicken and rice. It's the same reply every day. It's because I've been up since three. This is a source of my protein my body is crying out for. As you can imagine, hearing this virtually every day drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't get how I have so much energy at work in the mornings. Again, usual reply. I get a good night's sleep and eat breakfast. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and he says, "I'm going to stop there, as this will, I will be here all day. It's a great topic." And but then, then we have more. Up. Yeah, <laughs> Steve says, continues. Steve continues. Hold that thought. People don't get why I love the bill podcast available now on why and i go and check out Steve's podcasts again mm-hmm. at Total Steve Search on Spotify, Apple, and all the good good places there. Uh, he says, "But they'll say it's so dated and acting is terrible, but they're comparing it to the likes of Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and so on." I love it for its genuine depiction of the times and relatability. It's excellent characters and stories. I don't care. It's not 4K HD or twist plot in depth. Make you think drama. Good night, Steve-O says. <laughs> that may Again. be the, the most in-depth Steve-O section that, that's ever been on the show. This is it. And I, I love the fact that he is so passionate about the bill. Mm-hmm. I really do. Because... Again, it's not for me, 
but it's just great seeing people enjoy what they enjoy. Again, I'm hugely passionate about wrestling, and I know people have openly mocked me about that before in my life. You know, some people very close to me have laughed at me about that sort of shit. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, 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 remember, I remember watching the bill when it was on, like originally when it was used to be on uh, like eight pm on RTV, uh, and and my daughter wasn't around for that broadcast but she's watched a lot of them on like channels like uk gold so yeah if you love the bill then scream from the rooftops about it um mm. it, it's it's like we've said about every topic you like what you like if that if that puts a smile on your face good on you absolutely good on you exactly i know that this week i'm gonna sit down and watch a few hours worth of 40 year old dr who the production is rubbish. The aliens look like shit, but I love it because I'm going to sit down and talk to Dan Griffin about it for the podcast. And that's what I like. If other people don't like it, they ain't got to take the piss. It's just what it is, isn't it? Well, I mean, I will take the piss. Well, yeah, but that's in, just in a, in a loving way. That's the relationship uh, we have, Mr. I fucking take the Two Stars of Peanut Butter. I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maxi, I believe that is all I've got from Twitter and elsewhere. So what another bumper, um, a bumper edition of, of yes. uh, the non-wrestling topic the the CWF are knocking it out of the park each and every week. And it's so cool that we're getting new, uh, new members and new comments every, every single time. It's, uh, yeah, you guys, are, you guys are amazing. Uh, we're so, so glad that we've got you guys to, to help pull, pull this show out. Cause otherwise it'd be, 15 minutes of us talking bollocks and then uh, an outro. But yeah, you're amazing. We absolutely appreciate the of, hell of a lot. Kind of the original format to be fair. Yeah, so you've ruined it. You've ruined it for us people. Stop commenting. No, honestly, uh, we, we massively appreciate each and every single one of you. You're brilliant. Uh, that being said about commenting, should we have a quick dive through the chat before we actually get round to talking a little bit of wrestling? Because as the t-shirt says, this is a wrestling podcast. Well, before we do that, I've, I've got something that I want to throw into the mix of it's Ooh. brilliant, but nobody okay. likes. Turkish Delight. How has nobody oh, I said love, I that? Love yeah, I mean, that's this me, you, and UTT Rob that like Turkish mm. Delight in the whole of the UK, and everybody else <laughs> hates it. And me and Rob, we managed to get Turkish Delight in the top three of Chocovision. So yeah. I listened, I heard. We 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 wangled that score scoreboard, but uh yeah, Turkish Delight. I, I don't get why people don't like it. It's, no, I love Turkish Delight. Yeah. What one do you prefer though? Do you prefer the fries one with the chocolate on the outside, or do you prefer like the chunks with the powder on? I both. I yeah. Don't, don't it, that's like choosing between which of your kids you like the best. They're different, <laughs> but they're equally <laughs> equally as good. Yeah. See, I like the chunks ones with the powder on because you get different flavors then, don't you? But the fries one I like because you put it in the fridge and then you can flake the chocolate off in bits, can't you? Frozen then? No, not oh, you frozen, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I can see the little icon with my uh, internet yet again taking the I thought, I, thought anyway, you meant, I thought you meant the Turkish Delight ends up frozen. And, you know, that's something I've never done. I, I do freeze uh, Snickers and curly whirlies, but I've never froze a turkey delight. I don't think the jelly, I think it crystallized, which would be a bit horrific. Yeah, so I don't know if you heard it when you were froze, but I put it in the fridge so I can snap the chocolate off in bits. That's banging. Yeah, it's a bit of a waste of time, though, isn't it? The whole point is to melt the, the jelly and the chocolate together. 
Okay, um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into another another chocolate argument with you. <laughs> we spend it's, we, we're supposed to talk about wrestling, and we're an hour and twenty five minutes in, and we've barely spoke about wrestling. Chain chocolate. Look out for my look out for my <laughs> spin off podcast, chain chain chocolate, where that's all I'll discuss. From, you'd have to include sweets and stuff as well, so you could link from one to the mm. other. No, no, just keep going over Turkish delight over and over again. Okay. Well, I, Le- I know a network. Lemon Turkish delight. <laughs> <laughs> because they'll just put out any old trap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, my only one, I suppose, Magsy, uh, that sticks to, well, obviously, old TV like Quantum Leap and so on. There are other people who enjoy it too, but a lot mm-hmm. of people who, oh, well, my wife doesn't get why I watch old Quantum Leap. She doesn't get it at all, um, but enjoyed the new Quantum Leap. So obviously, it's you know, is the way it is old Doctor Who as well. I mentioned, but from a music standpoint, I really love the band Poison. <laughs> the eighties hair metal band. And they are pure hair metal. It's just glammy, cheesy, over-the-top rock. It doesn't fit in massively with a great deal of the heavy metal I listen to. And lots of other metal fans will look at me and go, why do you like them for? They're, you know. And there's certain derogatory terms that have been thrown about the band Poison since the 80s, which I'm not going to use now because it's not 1986 anymore. But yeah, that's, that's probably my one that I think is absolutely fantastic. I'd love to go see them live. But a lot of people I know just don't understand why I like them. Well, they they may be right, they may be wrong, but you enjoy them, and that's all that matters. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Uh, so, should we scan through the chat now, Magsy, and then actually talk a bit of wrestling? And there's lots in the chat as well. Um, Josh Goodwin's saying he's pretty sure the man versus food guy nearly died. Um, I uh, have okay. seen him on, I, I think it's called Adam Richman, but I've seen him, uh, uh, he did an, a, like a YouTube show where he was going around football stadiums and, and kind of reviewing their food as well. Um, that was a, a, an interesting show. I, and I believe they've done man versus food like reloaded with someone else. It's and it's not the same because he was the he was the star of the show, wasn't he? So um Scottish You've never watched an episode of Man vs. Food? No. Really? Wow. Mm. Something you I need know to that, check out. Wasn't there one where he just ate McDonald's for like two weeks or something? No, that's a totally different thing. That's uh <laughs> that's a that's a documentary <laughs> by Morgan Spurlock. It's okay. called Superstars Me. He eats I'm not McDonald's I'm not seeing that either though. He eats McDonald's for 30 days and it Jesus. fucks him up. It, I bet it does. It, ma- it makes him depressed. It's that bad. That's an interesting documentary to watch. Okay. I'll check anyway, that anyway, you will never watch it. You're an <laughs> absolute liar. Uh, Scottish Danny says, come on, Deidre Barlow in a last man standing match. What's not to love? I mean, interesting that Scottish Danny uh, mentions Deidre Barlow when uh, he stabs people and her fella uh, got stabbed. If I remember when she got arrested for it, free the Welford one or the Weatherfield one or whatever it were. Perhaps it was Danny who did it. Well, would not surprise me. No, Dan, 
doubles down saying, Sire's not seen a film, get out. Yeah, get out. That's a film he's probably not seen. You're very, very correct. I don't know what that is. It's a, a film. Uh, Sharon says she <laughs> dares you to burn her uh, her cowboy's memorabilia. You will suffer more than her. Very true. It wouldn't happen. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Scottish Danny says, Jay Wrestling is the most <clears throat> unprofessional professional podcast ever, and we love it. And we love you guys. You're absolutely amazing. Uh, Connor says, thanks for the shout-out. I hope everyone enjoys uh, the show as much as I enjoy making it. Yep, definitely. Check that out um, on this network. Get that checked out. Um, well, not now. L- finish listening to this, but then afterwards, check that yeah, out. It's not out yet. It don't come out till midnight. Um, Josh says, uh, Pemmican last year saw both, uh, meaning that it's dried and preserved and uh, also old and old. Uh, don't knock Tia Maria and Orange Juice till you've tried it. Well, I am knocking it, even though I said don't knock things that you haven't what, seen before. <laughs> but I've tried Tia Maria. Uh, it's not my, the favourite, but mixed it with Orange Juice, it just feels it feels dirty. It feels <laughs> wrong. Um, Sharon <laughs> saying to Josh that she wants a crown and uh, I might get it on for the signing. Uh, and then Josh says, beware of crown thieves, a.k.a. you, I would assume, Josh. Um, <laughs> uh, you can come with us so I can hire you for crown threat prevention. <laughs> that sounds like That's the a, plot of a Sherlock episode. It's um, it's a reference to a story that Joshua was telling on a recording for NXT Rise and Fall, where Joshua is, is the king, Joshua Goodwin, and he's got a very expensive crown that he wears to the ring, and he took it to a signing a meet and greet after one of his matches and a little kid ran off of it and he had to chase this kid and basically try and tackle this 10 year old. Cause he had his very expensive, his very expensive wrestling crane. Sharon's actually referring to a book signing that she is going to as a signing author next year. So That's yeah, keep, keep your eyes out for that. And new books come in from Sharon for that as well, which is awesome. Um, that that story about the crown reminds me of one I heard about Matt Riddle. Uh, obviously, you know, he does the flip flop flick. Yeah. <coughs> Well, apparently he did that on the Indies just as he signed for WWE uh, and somebody ran off with his flip-flops and he didn't have any spare. Oh. <laughs> so he's had to like, amble around the arena barefoot, did he? No, I think somebody actually gave him a spare pair. Or I don't know how they had a spare pair, but a spare pair was was sourced for, for Matt. Uh, anyway, back with it. Uh, Dan uh, agreeing with us about the, the stuff about uh, wrestling Jeebus. I'm just going to mm-hmm. cough again. Bloody hell, Maxi. This ain't good, is it? I'm definitely allergic to Mondays. Definitely. It must be, mate. It must be. And then we're getting a lots of love for Team Crunchy Peanut Butter. Um, Cam and Joshua saying both Team Crunchy. Uh, and then uh, Cam also confirms that the presenter that cries over pottery uh, and probably size toasty bowl and it's fallen Guinness glass. That is, it's a plate. It's not a bowl. I'm gonna, next week, I'm going to bring it up here and I'll show you. I hope you bring it up and then you drop it because you. Why would you? Ha- why would you wish for that? What, I don't horrible. wish for it. I mean, I do wish for it in a way. <laughs> Uh, Josh Goodwin says, I love Turkish delight. My non-functioning pancake is not so much brilliant. Sharon is not a fan. Um, Turkish uh, Cam is also not a fan. Uh, Sylvia Clarkson, hello. Uh, Sylvia. hello. Um, do we remember Tyson Tonko? Yes, we do. Yes, I we remember Tyson Tonko. Um, should, could, he had all the attributes to be a massive star. Yeah. Very much in the 
Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men mold. Um, didn't he have a run as well in TNA as well? Uh, yeah, he did with Christian in TNA. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I quite a bit of success in there. Awesome looking tattoos as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a great um, look to him, didn't he? He did. Um, it's a, a shame that he didn't become uh, the star that he potentially could have. Um, Connor, uh, Connor says uh, he's read the first book. Sharon loved it. Waited for a sequel. There we go. And and we'll end with uh, Sharon giving some love to Connor. Yeah, it's a uh, Amazing, uh, really good book. Uh, Sharon comes in with clutch as well. I need to come upstairs. Shall I bring the toasty plate? Yeah, go on then. Go on then. <laughs> don't be, be careful, careful though. Be careful. Yeah, I would, be careful coming up the stairs. Definitely don't trip and make it hit every step on the way. Down. Well, she's knackered now, look, because even if she genuinely drops it by accident, I'm gonna think it's on purpose. <laughs> That's because of the way this conversation has gone. But you're scared of her, so there's no you. You will no, not I will retaliate. Say shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we get round to talking a bit of wrestling, then, Magsy? We shall, because it's it's ninety minutes in, and we've not even touched it yet. So no. uh, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, the winner of this week's poll, very close poll. Very, very close, right till the very end. Oh, hang on a second. Here is my toasty plate. Look at that bastard, eh? Big square plate. So one toasty sits there, one toasty sits there. Does the job look? You get a round plate, it falls off the sides, or they got to overlap, and you can't have them overlapping. Bloody big it's thing, just, isn't it? It's great. It's just a plate, mate. But it doesn't match anything else in the kitchen or any other plates we have, and I think Sharon gets cross about that. Now, Sharon, we need a chair shot style undertaker against um canyon where he just wallops sir with that toasty plate now and just 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 waffle him with that toasty plate i get in from work as when i'm doing my half days i get in from work and i make myself a toasty and i get the red jalapenos i like the cheese the ham and i, I sing my little toasty song and i put me a toasty plate eight sit down with a cup of tea while shagos pick the kids up lovely mate mm-hmm. Sounds good. Now, imagine doing that at a standard plate. Yeah, it won't work because it doesn't fit both. That's why why that plate works, see? (laughs) Anyway. Again, I don't get it, but to you, it's brilliant. It's very important. It's very important. Uh, The winner of this week's poll was Mankind versus The Undertaker from the King of the Ring pay-per-view 1998. Hell in a Cell. I don't think we need to run through this blow by blow as we do with other matches, Magsy, because I think this is one of the most iconic, well, iconic matches, iconic imagery that wrestling's ever produced. It's right up there, I think, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if we were to on the actual bone, to be fair, um, it goes, what, 17 minutes, but it, it's, for me, this is a match of, of maybe five spots. And we'll we'll go through the spots as, as we get to them. But it, it it's just it's just iconic in terms of of the imagery and how it it, it, it was just so groundbreaking at the time. We never mm. seen anything like this. This was a man essentially killing another man. Uh, in yeah. a wrestling ring, and and not even just in a wrestling ring. Yeah, it's just 
it's hard to put this this match into to words and and to to break it down and be critical about it because it's it's it kind of transcends what wrestling is for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's hugely. I, I'm not a fan of what I suppose Ric Flair refers to with Mick Foley as being a stunt man. It's a stunt show as opposed to actually mm-hmm. wrestling. However. I like to try and think I'm quite open-minded when it comes to my wrestling. I like the, the technical side of things. I like a good brawl. I like some of the flippy shit, maybe not too much of it, but I, you know, I'll still watch it and enjoy some of it. This is obviously a crazy stunt filled brawl with mm-hmm. spots that are, are pretty insane. Ob- the obvious two that everyone remembers, but there's more to it than that when I was watching it back today. But this, this is incredible for me. This, cause it does it, to me, it's so important because it changes everything. I think after this, it changes everything. We've got certain mm-hmm. things that happen in this match that are replicated, but never quite done as well for pretty much every Hell in the Cell match afterwards. Everyone's waiting for something big to happen in every Hell in the Cell match now. And it all starts with, I mean, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker in Hell in the Cell at Bad Blood was a fantastic match. Really, really good. And Sean's bump off the side of the cage is insane. And there's, there's some brilliant stuff in that contest. But this match here, I think, takes it at another level. And I, I think every other, pretty much every other cage match, never mind every Hell in a Cell, hasn't really lived up to it since. No, this this took what uh, Sean and Undertaker did and set the bar so hard that any kind of uh, match with similar mm. elements feels like a parody. I mean, yeah. even up to even up to recently with uh, the AEW Blood and Guts, you see things on that match that look like a parody of this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, we start off with the, the entrances, obviously, and Mick Foley comes out carrying a chair throws it to the top of the cage and off he goes. So literally straight off the bat, we're setting the tone here. And and I remember watching this at the time and pretty much every time I've watched it back since, I mean, everyone's familiar with the couple of spots that we, you will always see over and over and over again, but watching it back even today, that's got me bang. I'm hooked. I'm I'm, I'm not making notes. Mm -hmm. I'm not writing anything down. I'm staring at the screen. It has hooked me straight away because of the way mankind comes and just climbs straight up to the top and is waiting for the Undertaker on the top of the cage, right from the off. Yeah, and um, well, not exactly from the off though, because there is a, a a couple of minutes where he's walking around and he looks really concerned. And this is a a character that that has absolutely no concern for his own body. Um, he's seemingly has no fear, but he's looking at this cage. And he's weary. He's checking the door, and he's he's nervous about it. And then he throws the chair up and starts to climb. And there's no build up. We're not getting took um, um, on on a, a rad, uh, and a, there's going to be a crescendo. This is starting hot from the very mm. first first second of the action. So when Undertaker comes out we get some amazing uh, imagery from the WWE. And this is where, uh, like or dislike the WWE, this is one thing that they they are so good at, and it's that production value. You see the shots of, uh, of, of Undertaker approaching the cage, and then in the darkness on the top of the cage, you see Mankind, and as the lights come up, you get those images of, of him standing, facing down against the Undertaker. It's just so many 
amazing shots and amazing moments in in what is it's hard to even call this a wrestling match because there's very little wrestling actually in it. It's more attempted murders than anything. Uh, but there's so <laughs> many um, memorable images and 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 and, um, and spots that it's just this match is it's it's going to be remembered for the rest of time. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. It's, it's, it's that iconic. It's going to be replayed forever, isn't it? I believe, you know? And mm-hmm. I, with The Undertaker, you only really notice it, I suppose, when he first makes his entrance and you've got the little slope right by the doorway. He's limping a bit because mm-hmm. apparently he's got a broken bone in his ankle during this match, yeah. which makes yeah. it even more insane, the stuff they're doing, you know? But they're at the top of the cage and the cage is quite bouncy. It's not like the Hell in the Cell now where it's structured in a way that it's designed to take a bit more weight this is obviously you know they're going up there and winging it a little bit i think yeah, it's sections of chain link fence cable tied to a, a metal frame there's no other way of putting it this is a bodge job of a of a, of a cage yeah yeah because i mean certain panels of the cage are, are coming away a bit just as they're walking around isn't it well and yeah slowly- uh, there's one point where Undertaker and Foley step on one segment and it goes through. And yes. the, you, you can see where they both uh, have to hold on to each other to make sure one of them doesn't doesn't fall through the cage and kind of give away the spot, I suppose. Um, but it still doesn't stop them from swinging chairs and, and attempting DDTs on, on the cage. These guys, they were mental, absolutely mental to do it's this. It's insane. So we get a couple of chair shots that are quite nasty looking. And then so quickly that moment happens, Maxie, doesn't it? I mean, normally if, if you, if in a wrestling match, you will see a build up, uh, wrestlers get their, their, um, get their, uh, offense in, and then you'll get big spots coming towards the end of matches. This is hitting you straight in the face with, one of the biggest spots in in the history of wrestling, where uh, Undertaker um, uh, blocks the the double arm DDT, grabs Mankan and just whizzes him off the cage uh, straight through the Spanish announcement uh, table, and and it's it's such an iconic image. They cut to it from multiple different camera angles, and there's no painting a pretty picture of it this is a 300 pound bloke being thrown off a 16 foot cage through a wooden table now mm-hmm. we know wrestling is gimmicked we know that the the wrestlers work together to be as safe as possible there's no making that safe that's just no that's just a bloke falling 16 foot through a table it's mental absolutely mental it's it's inc- incredible that just the imagery. I mean, even now, if you've, if any wrestling fans like that have not seen this, I find that incredibly hard to believe. First of all, but I bet as we're talking about it, the majority of wrestling fans have seen this. They'll be able to picture it because it is so vivid, so mm-hmm. iconic. And I think what makes it even better is the performance of the commentary team here as well. I mean, Jerry Lawler is we mock him a lot on this show, but Lawler is quite good here with how serious he plays certain moments. But Jim Ross is just absolutely fantastic. And a lot of it, 
yeah. is because Jim Ross here is, I suppose, what you might describe as in his prime in the Attitude Era here, from '98 through to potentially 2000, 2001, was a big, a big peak for Jim Ross's commentary abilities. But also, you've got the the genuine concern for his friend. He, he's screaming, yeah. he's killed him. He's screaming, that's killed him. So somebody stop the damn Get some yeah. help. Yes, he's good, good. God, he's broken in half. Get people out here. I'm being serious. Get people out here. Stop the damn match. Yeah, All he, that sort he, of stuff. He kind of Such breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, he breaks mm-hmm. the fourth wall when he's he's saying uh, the people in the damn back need to get out of here. Um, and I think that's um, a testament to just how good Jim Ross was at this time. Um, yeah. I know he used to he used to make a point of not knowing uh, the the minute details of a match so he could give his uh, natural reaction. There's nothing that that shows that as much as this match when uh, when mankind is thrown off the cage and goes through the table. Jr. is genuinely concerned about Mick. He says they've broken him in in they've killed him. They've killed Mick yeah. Foley. Um, it's just it's it just shows how important commentary is to uh, a wrestling match uh, and how it can elevate. Uh, the emotions that uh, a fan goes through when they when they're watching something amazing like this happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, adding to the seriousness of what we're seeing, I suppose we get your standard officials coming out as well. But we also got Terry Funk there. Vince is there, and so on. And Vince is looking incredibly concerned. And that's mm-hmm. not just your usual backstage officials or anything like that. These are people who have obviously got genuine concerns about what they've seen but also their presence isn't normal in these scenarios, a couple of these characters, a couple of these faces. So that, I think, really added to the severity of what we're seeing. Yeah, and that and that sells the the, the gravitas of, of what's happened. I mean, they start raising the cage whilst Undertaker is still on there to get a stretcher out yes. there. Um, even the most jaded wrestling fan who doesn't who doesn't believe anything that happens in the wrestling world, you had to have uh, at least um, uh, a slightest doubt that this is a a guy who's may maybe severely injured by mm. doing this. This match may be over. I mean, um, Jim Ross says it on commentary uh, that the match uh, may have come to an end, and we we see. Uh, a lot of concern from the referees and, and, and the officials. And then um, Terry Funk, um, who was having issues with Mick at the time, um, coming out to, to, his, to help his, 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 his best friend. It's yeah. It, it, it blurs those lines of, of, of scripted and reality, I suppose. And, and Foley's gone. By this stage, you get a couple of shots, but it's through other people, like through people's legs and their arms, and they're trying to get him on the stretcher and so on. But whenever you catch a look at Foley, he's gone. There's nothing, the, the lights are on, but well, no they take there. his mask off him as well. Because, mm. and and that is another kind of breaking of the fourth wall. His mask has come off. We're not talking about mankind anymore, we're talking about Mick Foley, the guy, yeah. the, the man. Yeah, it, it's just insane just the, even now what was it 20 odd years later it's insane looking at that now yeah. even to this day but he gets up well they they, they wheel him to like three quarters away down the, the mm. entrance ramp and he 
gets off the 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 stretcher. The officials are trying to hold him back, uh, but he's not having it whatsoever. And he he goes straight back to the top of the cage, and we're off to the races yet again. Yeah, because again, the second most incredibly memorable spot happens relatively quickly, doesn't it? We don't have a lot mm-hmm. of hanging about or a lot of pausing or a lot of waiting to set things up. And that choke slam and the chair following him down, that was nasty, wasn't it, Mags? Yeah, and uh, both Mick and Undertaker have said this is the worst chair, sh- uh, worst uh, choke slam that they've ever seen because. Mick doesn't even get off the off the floor of the cage. He's just literally just lifted up and slammed right through. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Maxie dying. <laughs> you good? Yeah. For the next minute or so, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, uh, you you see when the choke slam happens that um, one of Mick's legs is still on on the on the roof of the cage, and he actually is the one who who lifts both his legs up. So Undertaker is struggling with this uh, foot injury. Um, not having the the most sturdy of uh, of um, uh, places to to stand, and they still pull off a, a choke slam where the cage just falls apart. Well, the roof uh, panel falls apart. Mick hits the 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 canvas like he just hits it like a brick being dropped off mm-hmm. a off, off a building. There's no there's no bounce in that cage. There's no uh, foam padding. That's just that's stone on concrete it's just brutal and he's just led there in a, a like a a pile of bones it's just horrific just oh it's just thinking about that a fall like that is just gruesome absolutely yeah. gruesome and the chair is on the same panel of the cell and it follows him down and actually hits him in the face as well doesn't it which they had it, obviously it, planned for it, it pokes a hole actually through his his mm. top lip, doesn't it? Uh, and then a tooth comes up through the hole and ends up uh, the tooth ends up in his nose. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's grim. Uh, the amount of injuries that this guy picked up from this one match alone is just shocking, absolutely shocking. He just it's brutal, absolutely just. It's bone chilling. I think he got a concussion. He had three teeth knocked out. He uh, dislocated his shoulder, dislocated his jaw, multiple uh, puncture wounds from which we will get to uh, later on. But he had internal bleeding in several places. He put he put his body on the line, and mm-hmm. that body took an absolute beating. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um what follows that second bump, though, for me, is potentially the worst sight of the whole match. I mean, first of all, Terry Funk comes in the ring again, and he tries to buy Foley some time here and takes a choke slam to sort of allow him a bit more time to sort of gather himself, I guess. He doesn't only just take a choke slam, though. He inspired the the the, the name of this week's episode because yes. he takes a choke <laughs> slam and his, his train has come off. He gets choke slammed that that hard, um, but yeah, um, apparently that is because Mick was away with the fairies. Mick was yeah. absolutely out of it, so um, Terry calls an audible, and Undertaker uh, choke slams him, and his and his trainers come off, which is hilarious. And then we see him <laughs> essentially trying to escape the ring in just his socks. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, eventually, though, when when Mick Foley does sort of come around and he start, he. he I say stands up. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but he gets to his feet at some point, at least 
He takes a punch from The Undertaker. And this, to me, was the scariest moment of the whole thing. Not seeing him fall, not seeing him go through the cage, not even seeing his eyes glazed over, rolling in his head. But the way he just crumbles after that Mm -hmm. punch, where he just cannot stay on his feet. That was really worrying for me. Yeah, it it sells that that this may not be a scripted match. This may be a legitimate bloke with multiple injuries. He just, like I said, he just, he just flops. Like there's nothing, there's no structure in his body anymore. Um, yeah, it was, it's very, very scary. Yeah. Then we see the, the officials then locking them in the cage as Jim Ross. Is <laughs> Who the hell's made that decision? <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that's essentially the start of the match, though. Yes. I mean, that's how that's how wrestling works. The match starts when you're in the ring. Mm-hmm. And f- for the first 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of this match, they haven't been in the ring. Uh, Mick Foley also tries to use the ring steps at one point, but can't quite pick them up. And I'm, this would be because of the, the injuries to his ribs and his shoulder and all the other stuff going on internally, I guess, Magsy. Yep, but that sets him up for for eating those uh, steel ring steps himself because mm-hmm. that gives Undertaker the idea, and he uh, smashes him into the uh, in the face into the the sides of the cage a couple of times with the the stairs. So he's just not having a good time of it at all. His uh, <laughs> poor his poor Mick. He also at this point, I've got a note here saying at this stage, he looks very pale as well. It's not mm-hmm. a case of just you know, he's not got a tan or anything like that. He looks paler than when the match started. Something is not right with him here. Internal bleeding will do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All the blood being pulled away from, from the surface um, to protect on, uh, to, to protect his, his internal organs, which are, are bleeding profusely. So, yeah. Hmm. Right. Okay. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah. That's good. Right. Um, we do get a bit of Mick Foley offense, though, when Taker misses a dive through the ropes, hits his head on the cage, uh, and then he is now bleeding as well. Mm-hmm. We have a pile driver by Mick Foley onto a chair. Yep. And then we have um, a chair placed across the Undertaker's head, and Foley and hits a leg drop on it. And the crowd at this point are, I think the crowd are similar to me as I'm sat watching, not really believing what they're seeing. Because how is how is he doing this? How is this man doing this? Yeah, there's like a there's like a silence to them, but it's not a silence as in we're not interested or any shit like that. It's there's a hush to them, but it's Mm -hmm. a hush where it's obvious they're just engrossed in what they're seeing. Every single pair of eyes in that in that arena was fixed on on that ring, and that's exactly Mm -hmm. what you want from a wrestling match. Yeah, um, nobody could believe that somebody. could go through the punishment that Mick has gone through in the last 10 minutes and still be able to, to fire. It's just, it, it, it just beggars belief. How is he able to, to do this and and then start getting the better of, of Undertaker? Um, yeah. It's just, it's just man blowing. The guy seemingly has no, um, no fear of pain whatsoever. It is. It is insane. It's just, it's breathtaking to watch it. I've seen this match a hundred times. God, well, maybe more. I don't know. But every time I watch it, it's just like, why? Um, we then get the thumbtacks, don't we? So even if, if things aren't bad enough, 
let's add something else to this scenario. And Jim yeah. Ross and Jerry Lawler are asking, what's he got there in the bag that he gets out from underneath the ring? Pours it all out. And of course, it's Foley's old buddy, the Thumbtack Smags. Yeah, I mean, this match, with if if they would have ended uh, and, and not brought in the Thumbtacks, this would have still been an iconic match. But it just shows how much they wanted to give to the wrestling business and uh, and ha- put on a show for the fans that they had to up it even more. They had to up that ante even more. Um, and, yeah, there were just thousands of the little silver fuckers, weren't there? They were just... <laughs> they were everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Yeah. And then uh, Foley applies the mandible claw. To mm-hmm. which the Undertaker gives him a bit of a piggyback ride and just drives him onto the tax. But Foley thinks that's not enough. So he has a little roll around. And that's because I think um, you can see Mick kind of guarding Undertaker. So Undertaker's got uh, uh, Mick in a, in, a, in a piggyback and he's walking yep. backwards. And, and as jaded wrestling fans, we know that he's he's being guarded to where uh, where he should do the, the backdrop. Uh, and he just misses, so Mick only only slightly catches the thumbtacks. So to make sure he, he gets the pain, he like I said, he does a, a bit of a roll around in him. Um mm. but the the again with the the imagery um of Mick Fowler crawling uh his way to the corner, his his shirt is literally tacked to his body. Yeah. Um it's just falling his arm and everything. It's scary, and you see him walking, and every and his uh, the soles of his feet just covered in thumbtacks. Every part of his body just riddled with these little silver. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Why he would put himself through all this? Mm. He then takes a fun uh, a choke slam onto the tax, though. Well, so. and it almost looks like he, he was also going to take a tombstone to the thumbtacks as well. Um, mm. But yeah, that that chokes them to the foot. That what uh, what an exclamation point to someone who's <laughs> rolled around in thumbtacks and then driven into the thumbtacks. Um, but that's that's just one step too far for for Mick. He then gets the um, the tombstone, and even at the end, he still tries that that little kick out. Just couldn't muster enough power. But Jesus Christ, what a match! What a insane. Match. Absolutely insane. Uh, Magsy, out of 10, my friend, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah so I, I, I remember that that Dave at uh, Meltzer gave this a four and a half, which uh, was shocking because it wasn't in the Tokyo Dome, so I'm very surprised at that. But you can't, as a match, as a wrestling match, this is, it's not even, it's not even middle of the road because there's very little wrestling in it. Um, it's a match of, of for me for of five spots: the throwing off the cage, the choke slamming through the cage, uh, the the stuff with the 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 steel steps and uh, uh, mixed head being rammed into the cage, then the the backdrop and the and the choke slam. Five spots spread over a a, a fifteen plus minute match. Saying it out, saying it out like like that, it makes this sound like it's. It's not a good match at all, but this, as like I said at the beginning, this transcends wrestling. This was, this is not a technical match. This is not a flippy shit. It's not even brawling. This is just 
five of the, the most brutal spots in wrestling, and it will go down in history as uh, as as iconic. There's no other other way to describe it. It's iconic, and for that, it's got to be it's got to be a ten. We've got to give. I've got to give this a ten. Ten. Just for what it means to the wrestling business. I'm putting the trigger too, mate. Ten from me as well. Ten. It's got to be. Just because yeah. the, the fact that we're talking earlier on, before we've even broken down what happens in this, and we're saying this will get replayed forever. This will get played as long as wrestling exists and maybe even beyond that, if wrestling ever no longer exists, this crazy dude getting thrown off the page and rolling around in thumbtacks and so on will get replayed forever. I mean, it, the impact this had on the wrestling business and beyond that as well is, is you know, you can't measure it. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's still replayed. Every Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, they talk about this match. Mm-hmm. Every time Foley appears on WWE TV or anywhere else, this sort of thing is mentioned. This e- me- e- even in the opening crawls to the likes of SmackDown and Raw, mm-hmm. this there's elements of this match that are that are, are brought up. It's that it's it's that infamous now. It's mm-hmm. it's wrestling. It's wrestling history. It will never ever be forgotten. Yeah, exactly. It's I think it's career making as well. Doesn't mm-hmm. to me doesn't matter what Foley did before or after. This is what everyone wants to ask him about. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker had an incredible career, of course, but a lot of people always bring it back to this as well. I believe everything I saw, which is a big thing for me. Uh, everything I saw, I genuinely believed was. Uh, uh, we we talk about it being a a sporting contest and suspension of disbelief and all that sort of stuff. I I believed everything I saw here, so that's a big thing yeah. for me. Again, it still spoke about to this day. So yeah, ten for me as well, my friend. Yeah, it's got to be. It's it's mm. absolutely got to be. And uh, this is interesting from from Josh in the chat. Um, fun fact: Mick Foley was so out of it that he asked one of the rest post match, "Did we use the tax?" With the tax still stuck in his body. Yeah, Jesus. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely insane. Um, I don't know if it was this match or uh, a different WWF match from this era, but I think it was Bob Holly as well. I, get, I might get this completely wrong. It might not be Bob Holly, but I'll use him anyway. Apparently, he um, sat down next to Foley after one of these type matches and picked up one of the thumbtacks that fell out of Foley's arms, back, arse, whatever. And Mick Foley was surprised when he turned around to him and said, Jesus Christ, mate, these are real. Because he didn't believe that he it was... Thought, he thought they were gimmicked yeah. thumbtacks. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs> But there we go then, Magsy. Ten from you, ten from me. Takes Coffee's a lot to get a double ten. That it's rap. It was Bob. It was ah, Bob okay. That there we go. Yeah, it takes a lot to get a ten from me. It takes a lot to get a ten from you. I've been getting two tens. Have we done that before? Um, I think we have. I had the the spreadsheet open earlier on today, but I think we there may be one other time that it's happened. Mm, I bet it involves Shawn Michaels. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, where do you want to go next week, my friend? Well, I mean, if we're, we're looking at one of the most iconic moments in wrestling with this King of the Ring 1998, 
anything we go with is going to go is going to be a it's going to be a bit of a, a damp squib, isn't it? We're going to have to be as high as we are now and then and drop down. But I don't want to drop down. I want to keep with these iconic moments. Um, so we've got um, Mick Fawley. We've got The Undertaker. Um, Undertaker's been involved in plenty of iconic moments in his career. But we've, there's one I don't think we've even brought up. I don't think it's even been brought up as a... Uh, an option on a poll, but one of the most iconic moments was was when the streak was beaten. Okay. So I, I think we should go to Brock versus Undertaker, where Brock became the one in 21 and 1, and he broke the streak. And there is a lot to talk about there. Quotes from Paul Heyman since that day, discussions about who was going to win on the day getting changed, injuries mm-hmm. happening in the match as, as the match was continuing, and so on. There is a lot to get into. It's not just the match itself. There is a great deal to cover there, I think, Magsy, isn't there? Yeah, there absolutely is. Mm, that's a great show. That is a great show. I'm sticking with King of the Ring as the link, though. That's what I'm going to use, the pay-per-view itself. And I thought, I enjoyed this crazy brawl. Let's watch another crazy brawl using King of the Ring as the link. I'd like to go to King of the Ring 2001 and check out Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon. Oh, another classic match. and Another one with a very... Um, iconic imagery with uh with the the breaking king of the ring sound mm-hmm. which uh was not the right one they were meant to be throwing in through and he actually uh kurt wellies uh shaman man through an actual uh piece of plate glass yes yeah it was, i think it was under street fight rules or something mm-hmm. i was no dq yeah. one of those crazy brawls anyway and i mean kurt angle is to me one of the greatest to ever do it he was fantastic shame that is insane and does crazy shit all the time it's a fantastic match from what I remember, but I haven't seen mm-hmm. it for a long time. So that's going to be interesting, yep. Magsy, if it gets a win. Yep. Two great matches to watch, so it's win-win either way. I reckon, mate. I reckon. So those are your picks for the poll for next week's show. We have the ending of the streak, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 32? 30. WrestleMania 30. 30. Ah, okay. WrestleMania 30, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, ending of the streak and all the controversy that surrounded that day. Or we stick with King of the Ring and we have Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon from King of the Ring 2001 in a crazy brawl there. Um, Magsy, shall we dive through the chat quickly before we depart? Um, We can. um, Sharon saying, has Mags got himself virgin internet? Yes, I have. And... It only messes up on bloody Mondays. It's ridiculous. Uh, and I pay for gigabit internet as well. Not not happy at all. Um, Josh said, the, the fact that this match made it beyond the second bump uh, is a miracle. The fact it made it past the first bump is a miracle for me. A testament to both individuals. And uh, Foley had a run uh, in for the match that followed this. Uh, this wasn't the main event of the pay-per-view. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, both of them actually had a run in. Uh, 
and that's what ended up uh, losing Stone Cold his, uh, his title in the first blood match uh, mm-hmm. against Kane later on in the show. Um, Did he just win it back the next night, though, didn't he? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which is because I think it's because um, he, he says to Kane, you only won it because of your brother. So then Kane is like conned into uh, defending the title. Um, but yeah, Austin Austin wins it back pretty much straight away. And then Sharon, not already, I already know where her vote is going because she's <laughs> uh, not uh, a Lesnar fan. So yeah, that's uh, that's it uh, for the chat. And again, like I said earlier, we we wouldn't be uh, doing the show if it wasn't for you guys. Absolutely amazing the fact that you uh, that you um, contribute so much to this show. We massively, massively appreciate you all. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Ah, thank you so much to everybody again who voted in the poll, joined in with the non-wrestling topic, commented in the chat this tonight, shares our tweets, you know, shares the show links, all of that great stuff. It's fantastic. Thank you so, so, so much, Magsy. Uh, do you want to just run through your social medias and whatnot? You were not going to, you two weeks in a row, you were not going to let us do the social media. Almost so, forgot again, mate. Almost forgot yeah. again. So my social media is down here at Podfather Mags on Twitter. Uh, I don't reply to it or I don't even go on it that much anymore. So, <laughs> um, but you can catch me on TikTok sometimes at uh, Mags All Pods. Um, so yeah, or you'll find me here next Monday on this very, very show. So Indeed. there is that indeed uh you want to be following the network above anything else at sjp world media on twitter and facebook and that's where you'll get links to all the shows that are on the the network itself covering horror films starting in literally an hour or so when connor knows horror pops out on the tuesday morning uh wrestling galore nxt rise and fall joshua goodwin uh nitro nights so wcw look back with scottish danny I mean, all chain wrestling itself, the podcast version comes out later in the week. So check that out as well. And then we've got some sci-fi for you, Quantum Leap, Doctor Who with Benny Mac and Dan Griffin, respectively. Looking at modern day uh, WWE as well. We have the guys from the States, regularly scheduled hostilities covering that, as well as Benny Mac giving you sometimes two, twice a week, sometimes even three times a week episodes of in the corner looking at modern day WWE. There's just so much going on. I can't even cover all of it. New shows coming all the time. Ah, oh, I can't. I can't remember more, Maxie. There's too many. I'm gonna have to pre-record something that we just press play on. I think. <laughs> yeah, just a video, <laughs> a two-hour-long video advertising all the shows. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. But most importantly, you can follow this show where you can vote in the poll and get involved in our non-wrestling topic on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and that TikTok thingamy at chain underscore wrestling. But the poll and the wrestling topic are all yours on Twitter. So follow us there if you haven't got a Twitter. Just start one up so you can follow us. We're fucking brilliant. You, you can have man. Borrow man if you want. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go then. Thank you again to everybody for joining us. Thank you again to everybody for interacting with us. The show is your show, as we always say. If it, if it wasn't for you, this show would not happen. Magsy, I'm off now to watch best part of 50-year-old television because I bloody think it's brilliant and don't care that other people don't. I'll see you next week, my friend. I don't get it. <laughs>